This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in, hold on. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Besotted Podcast. And they're coming thick and fast now. I mean, it, it seems like only about a couple of hours since we had the last podcast. And that's because we had a Wednesday game against Nottingham Forest, which we're still really smiling, happy over the result for that one. And uh, so we're looking back at the Forest game and looking forward ahead to the Millwall game at the weekend. And uh, I've got in the studio with me a couple of lads who are up at Forest. Got Mr. Dave Lane. Mr. Besotted himself. Good evening. How you doing? You right? And we've got Mr. Matt Allard, another one of the Besotted crew, who likes to have a bit of a chin wag. How you doing, mate? Yeah, very well. You? I'm all right. You know, I'm, I've recovered from my four and a half hour journey back on the M1 last night, which was a bit of a nightmare, to say the least. <laughs> that was a little bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? I'm, I'm absolutely jaded, I have to say. And I didn't even, I didn't even kick a football around last night. So uh, ho- hopefully they stayed up there. If they, uh, if they uh, battled their way back through the same traffic we were in last night, they would be absolutely knackered, I would imagine. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought, I thought the highlight though was when you did you get into the diversion. I actually saw two Brentford coaches with fans on going in opposite directions. They actually passed each other. <laughs> uh, Diversion was such a mess. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think I was dribbling and snoring at that stage. I think I missed all that. Yeah, I think Sat Satnev was obviously uh, struggling by that stage. Uh, probably they borrowed it off uh, Stuart Pearce, the Satnev, as to the direction of the goal. But anyway, we'll come on to that in a little bit. <laughs> but listen, yesterday, Nottingham Forest, what a game, eh? It, it was after, I think, when was it, 55 minutes? It was a bit of a pinch yourself moment, wasn't it, I think? You know, um, it was sort of, you, you felt after the Derby game we could go up there and get a result. Um, 
but to suggest we'd be three 0 up after 50 minutes, um, I don't know who would have believed that. So there was a pinch yourself moment, definitely there. I mean, we, I was tweeting last night, and it was uh, my thumbs were just going. I think my thumbs were bleeding at the end of it. There was lots of oohs and ahs, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a, a pleasure to uh, to sort of so-called commentate on that. It was. Um, you know, every, everywhere you looked on the pitch, there were Brentford players that were just doing good things. Um, and it, you know, we've said in the report, we, you know, we've, we've said several times that uh, it could have been four or five by that stage. Um, you know, if we were if we were even more clinical, uh, you know, we would have been really, really out of sight. So uh, yeah, it, it, it was pinch yourself, and but the atmosphere on the terraces and the seats was just uh, was amazing. I mean, we've calmed down a little bit now because we've had a little time to get over it, think about it, but the fans coming back from the game straight afterwards were very excited, so I think we're just going to go over and have a little, little listen to a few of the comments that the fans said on the way back from the game on the coach after we'd spanked Forest 3-1. I'd never say forget a relegation, but, but it's the first season at this level for 20-odd years. But the way it's going, it's take a monumental change in the way we play, the confidence, the quality to actually drag us down the bottom. It really is a massive, massive long shot for that to happen. So it's all about confidence. Enjoy the quality we have on the side. We come to the European Champions, and they're a long time ago, the European Champions. Still a big club. They've got a bit of money. They had a £5.5 million striker on the bench. I mean, that tells us how they see us. And that's a couple of minutes itself. We were just superb. We controlled the game. Yeah, we shouldn't worry about relegation whatsoever. We are good. We are a bloody good side. Really quality. We showed it tonight again. What a result. East Midlands derby double. Thank you very much. In five, in five days, beat two quality sides. Come on, Brentford. We're just, pray, we're just playing brilliant out there. Uh, I, but I... But I mainly think that it's down to Warburton. He's got the side playing brilliant. And uh, I think it's key that in the Championship, we've gone out there with that attacking mindset rather than not sitting back. Whereas teams like Brighton and Derby have come to Brentford sitting back, just trying to get a point. Whereas we, we, we've just totally outplayed them on the attack. Andre Gray, my lord. Andre Gray. Again, a 500 grand he costs from Luton. A lot of people, a little bit of doubt, saying you can't step up, what, two, three divisions to this division, but he's a complete and utter pest, isn't he? Last couple of games, yeah. Beginning of the season, I wasn't sure about him, but uh, these last couple of games, he's just been on fire, to be honest. And uh, also, I think I mentioned for David Button tonight, it was absolutely superb. Didn't put a foot wrong, as far as I'm aware. And uh, I think that sort of silences a lot of criticism he's had over the last sort of six months or so. It's a shame when you go to such a great ground as this and you see their supporters on the backs of their own team. And throughout the game there was a lot of negative feeling towards the Nottingham players from their own supporters. What is emerging is that teams that are doing well in this league are ones that have a real team spirit, where players are aware of each other and supporting each other. And we've been coming against teams that individually have had very able players but what we seem to be able to match every team we're playing against is this idea of um, supporting each other and so when someone makes a foul up there's someone to support them and back them up and I think we're coming through as a very credible team 
So yeah, the fans were pretty spot on. They were pretty excited. You know, they came back from the, the match really buzzing off the back of that, and looking forward to the weekend. I mean, boys. I mean, I mean, you heard what they said there. To me, what were the plus points? What were the major plus points of that game? We started scoring goals again. Um, we, you know, we struggled of late. Um, we, we, we've been guilty of making chances and not converting them. Last night, we uh, we took everything that came our way um, pretty much straight away, and then before we before we started missing chances, we were already two goals up. So um, the, 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 the 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 waste the wastefulness you could call it, or the the kind of like the uh, you know the the, the the chances that weren't put away, they weren't they weren't as critical. The game the game was pretty over by by two nil. Um, so you know that was the most positive thing. I thought Andre Gray is really coming into his own. You know, um, anyone that says that Big Nick should bring should replace him was you know there's just obviously deranged. Um, he, he's really coming to his own. He's taking it up a level. Maybe the pressure of you know maybe being dropped um, has done him a favour. But there's there's no one threatening his, his place, and nor should there be on the performances. Yeah, Andre Gray last night. It was just it. It's the confidence, isn't it? It just started to flow. It started to flow through him. He probably, you know, he had that back pass that I mean, well, he just latched onto that loose ball that was that was just. I mean, that was horrible to watch. I'm sure if you're a Forest supporter, but um, but that was the chance that he took, and that's what two goals in two now. Um, he's well on his way, and um, I just think the confidence will flow through him as it did really at the beginning of the second half. He was almost untouchable for. For you know those ten minutes before he was replaced by Big Nick, um, uh, he got he won the penalty. I so I think that's the big plus point is we've just it's it was worth investing in him as you said. A lot of people were on about bring Big Nick in, try this, try that, do whatever. But ultimately they stuck with him. He got game time and now it's turned. I'm sure the corner's definitely turned and um, he's on his way. Well, it's interesting. We're talking about speed. You're talking about Gray and. Uh... I mean, Warburton talked about after the match how he knew exactly how to play Forrest. He said that he knew what their defence was going to be like. They put a player in front of the, the, the four and he was going to exploit the gap. He put Terrell in there because he knew that he's a bit of a terroriser. And also Gray would be running at their, their, their centre-back. So obviously he knew that their defence was, was not on, going to be on the money if you had these little, fast, nippy players running at them. And uh, it's almost like we came off the back of the second half of that derby game which, you know, the first half we were so-so, but the second half we just came at Derby, we came out the blocks and we used our speed and we really used our strength. And again, this game, looks like we've done exactly the same thing. We came out the blocks and, and Forrest were just, they weren't even at the races, were they? They were poor, weren't they? I mean, uh, maybe that's what puts things a little bit into, in perspective. Um, they maybe had, they had the 15 or 20 minutes when we were 3-0 up and, you know, we're all football supporters. We all know what can happen, and maybe we jitted a little bit. But but ultimately, once they got, once Forrest got that goal, I think we took control of it again. The last ten minutes, we were just knocking the ball around for fun at times. Um, so yeah, it, it's um, it's kind of just you know, I, I think we just got to think of things a little bit in perspective because I don't think Forrest are any good. I don't I I don't know whether it's the team or the manager or what's going on there, but just take things a little bit in perspective, but ultimately you can only beat what's in front of you, can't you? That's right. Um, looking at the team, and look who is out there, obviously, like I said, we're very happy the way they played. Which players, I mean, Brentford players play very well as a team and as a whole. Anybody out there that really shone for you? 
for me, um, it was it wasn't a, it was a game. It was a team performance. It wasn't really about individuals. But um, I think um, uh, Tumani's sort of uh, coming into his own. He, he looks transformed as well. He looks like he's gone gone up to fifth gear. Um, but what, what was striking me really, I think, is uh, how how intimately Warburton clearly knows these players and what what he can what he can um, get from them. He knows them way better than we do. Um, obviously, he sees them in, on, on the training ground, and um, obviously, you know, we, we've seen them. We've seen a lot of them this year, and we I think we, we I think we we know the players well enough to be able to judge them, and you know, know the stronger ones, and know the weaker ones, and know where weaknesses lie, but. You know, he's bringing players in, um, and they're, and they're sort of they're performing for him almost straight away. Um, I, I'm really impressed by Warburton's grasp of this unit and how um, he's able to call players in, rest players, and they, they seem to respond for him. It's, it's clearly a massive respect for the manager, and when he asks them to do something, they do it to the best of their ability. There's there's no one being carried in that team at all. Um, that, well, uh, I'm not going to get on Nick's back again, but he's the only one that looks like a square peg in a round hole. He's the only player that I, I'm, I really don't want to single him out because I hope, you know, hopefully he can wade him with a few goals and he, and he comes good. But he's the only one that I don't get. I, the rest of them, they seem to be part of a really good jigsaw. He seems to be a, a slightly misshapen piece. Yeah, I, I mean, with with Nick, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't want to because because he's not Andre Gray. Is he? We didn't sign him as Andre Gray. He didn't come with pace, and he's a you know he is that he's a different type of centre forward completely, and it doesn't look like that kind of works with this system. But going back to what you were saying about Warburton, he kind of he's changed the midfield shape just a little bit in the last two games, I think, since the Derby game. So he brings Dave in. And so now Dave was playing alongside Douglas and Terrell was playing in front of them, whereas previously you had Douglas with two midfielders in front of him, which would be Pritchard or, um, or Judge, you know. So it, he does know his players because he's getting the best out of them. That's the best, that, if he's going to play Dave, that's the way to play him. Terrell seems to have, you know, he played in that position and he found some space. He has in both games, he got the goal. So, I, I, you know, Warburton, um, I is just doing a terrific, absolutely terrific job at the moment um, because he does, he, he just seems to know how, as you say, he knows how to get the best out of the players and he's hardly, he's really keeping the same system but just a few little tweaks here and there and we're getting the best out of players. Brilliant. I, I mean, the players that, has, you know, have had a bit of stick recently but, you know, he's had a few dodgy moments is, is David Button but, I mean, last night he had a tremendous game you know, pulled off a few really fantastic saves. And if you think about it, even though Forrest weren't that great, if maybe one or two of them had gone in, it could have been a different game altogether. But, you know, he kept us in the game. So I think, you know, the button's got to get a bit of credit for actually doing his job and doing his job very well, which I think was a, a bit of a bonus there as well. Um, and also I thought... Spot on there, Bill. It's, um, I've been a real harsh critic of buttons in the past and the beginning of the season I thought he, he could have been... a one of our Achilles heels. Um, I don't even I don't even notice his playing now. He's just not a concern of me, you know, of mine. He 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 he's there completely on merit. Um, his distribution's got better. He can still work on that. He's still a young keeper. Um, his catching's been spot on. Shot stopping's been great. He spills a couple, but you know. Um, I've got no no concerns about him. He's turned into a very accomplished goalkeeper, and um, again, that's testament to people 
sticking with and having belief in young players and letting them make a few mistakes and not caning them publicly um, and, and carrying on picking them. You know, lots of times we thought, oh, Richard Lee deserves to come back. You know, that's not going to happen anymore, is it? You know, Button's there. That's that's his position. So I agree with you, Bill. Credit where credit's due. You know, he's uh, he's he stepped up to the mark this year, and um, he's, uh, he's 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 as I said, he's, he's there on merit. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought him up because I'd be meaning to. I've been thinking all day. We can't forget Button because the confidence. You know, the confidence starts from the back, doesn't it? When you've got confidence in the keeper, and as, as Dave said, when you don't notice the keeper's playing, he's doing his job, isn't he? And the, comp- and the players, you know, they've got more confidence, he's got more confidence, so the players are in front of him, they can knock the ball back to him, there's a little bit more confidence there. I'm sure we're going to make a mistake here and there, because you will if you play that way, but, but yeah, Button has um, really come into his own this season, no doubt about that. And yeah. notice, if you notice, we've stopped that faffing. We 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 still roll it out from the back, but we we we've seemed to have nipped that kind of over elaboration. That that seems to have been eradicated from our game in the last four or five games. You know, we we were over over playing and backwards and forwards and left and right, and it was kind of like oh, a bit of Russian roulette. That seems to have stopped, which is like thank God for that. Yeah, there's a little bit more purpose in it. I think I, I think it. It does come back to button occasionally, but when it does, it's 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 more just to switch it to the other side of the pitch. You know, so they go out on the left, it might work its way back to button, but then it quickly goes out the other way. And we're using the whole the full width of the pitch and switching across from one side of the pitch, you know, in two or three passes. And it's great. What what again, because we're talking about button and the solidity from the back, um, it's interesting because obviously the type of football that we play, which is flair football, we play this wicked possession football, the midfields getting props all the time. We talk about Hotter, we talk about Pritchard, we're talking about, you know, Gray up front, we talk about Judge. But don't you think sometimes in the way that we play that the defence actually gets a bit of a raw deal, whereas they don't necessarily get singled out for great games or good games, even though they might be doing the things that they need to do. So you might look at people like Bidwell, people like even Harley Dean, people like Craig, and people think that's great, but because they're just doing their job and they haven't done what Hotter might do where he drops two players with a shift of his shoulder, they don't necessarily get that. I mean, they've had a top game today, they're man of the match or so on and so forth. I agree with you, um, but if you look at the possession stats, I think in most games we've had a real good um, lion's share, well, not a lion's share, in most games we've dominated in terms of percentage points, um, but in every game we've competed fairly evenly with the opposition um, and I don't think we've, we've had to kind of put the, um, put the microscope on the defence too much apart from a couple of individual errors. It's not like it's been one-way traffic in most games apart from a couple of periods. So, you know, most of, most of the season so far we've spent attacking. So the focus of, you know, of, of, you know, of what we're talking about is on the, those flair players. I'm not saying the defence has had an easy time of it, anything but, you know, they, they, they have been tested. But I don't think it's been, they, you know, they haven't been stopping an avalanche the whole time. They're not, we're not looking like a relegated, relegated fodder team where, you know, the, the defence is under the microscope the whole time, like Blackpool. Um, you know, we're, we're giving as good as we get in, in, in most matches. So um, I think, you know, that's, I think it's only natural that we're, we're you know, automatically we think of the, the more attacking players. I think I think was I mean to be honest, it's 
you know, you look at McCormack, who we all, a lot of people were very, very concerned when he got injured. But Moses has come in, and suddenly, you know, we've got even more attacking options uh, by, by by having a more attacking right back, which you know, you're almost at the point where literally every player on the park, apart from the two centre backs, is is an attacking option. Um, I well, okay, not Dave, obviously, but um, but that yeah. So it's so I think you know the Adebayo coming in for McCormack. It, it well, the two results. There you go. You know, he's he's just given us another option, and he was at the um, you know both of the goals against Derby he was you know played a big part in and um it's um so so I think um we just sort of seem to be finding more and more attacking options and it's great when you're doing it from right back. We were 2 nil up and we had an opportunity very early in the second half. Penalty came again. We've had a penalty that pretty much hit the top of the stand um in a few a few games back. But this time Pritchard came up and he stepped up. Could have, you know, could have got a bit nervous. Twenty thousand people in the crowd, but he delivered that ball in the back of net. Very, very cool, didn't he? Oh, I don't know about how uh, the bloke standing next to me almost had kittens. He said it was a really bad penalty and he was lucky to get that. Um, I, 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 could, I, my angle was my view was, uh, you know, it was slightly obscured, so I couldn't, I couldn't really see how how good it was. But those down the middle ones can can uh, can go a little bit pear shaped. I'd have been a bit more worried if he'd brought Taki off the bench to take it. That would that would have been a bit scary. But uh, I think that I think that little experiment, like a one a one time wonder. I don't think we'll see Taki taking a penalty again. Yeah, even though apparently he doesn't miss penalties at all in training, he's never ever missed a penalty. So that was uh, that was one out of the blue. That one that hit the top of the stands, um, you know. But um, talking about when we're talking about players and who played well, um, we're actually starting at Besotted our new man of the match poll, Pride of West London man of the match poll. Um, it's been a bit late this week because I said um, this motorway business was just knocked us out badly. So the video is a little bit it's up now. And also, by the time you hear this podcast, the man of the match for the Nottingham Forest game should be up online. So check besotted.co.uk. You can vote for who you think the man of the match is. And at the end of the season, we will see. We'll top them all up. And we'll see who our besotted man of the season is. Pride of West London, because we are proud to be the best team in West London. Down points, boys. Down points. Injuries. I don't know if you know that um, there's a couple of injuries that we've got. Harley Dean's got an ankle injury. And Moses has also got a hip injury, so, you know, not sure whether or not they'll be playing or not. Uh, Mark Warburton reckons that they will be ready for Saturday, but, you know, that's a little bit of a down point for, for the weekend. Um, and also Terrell actually had a cut to his head, and he got taken off because he had a cut to his head. Um, so whether or not these players will be available, do you think problem? They'll play. They'll play, but if they Ooh. don't play... They <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think they will play. Um, I I I don't think that they're gonna be um, match missing injuries. I hope, obviously. These injuries, like I said, Harley Dean injured, Moses injured, and Terrell injured. Like I said, possibly should see them play on Saturday. But I think we've got enough strength and depth there. We've got Taki possibly coming back into the side if Harley can't play. Um, and yeah. Moses, I mean, you know, the right back position. I don't know what you know how we will deal with that if he doesn't play. Um, 
you know, maybe, I don't know, will Craig come across? What, what, what do you think the situation might be there? Well, Yunara's play, did he play for the development school? If he did, he's probably the most likely fit there because McCormack out, Moses out, we're probably short of a right back. Yeah. Um, I guess if Tarkowski was fit and Dean was fit, we could play one of those there um, and then play the other one with Craig in the middle. Um, I think that limits your attacking options. Um, so I think it, yeah, it depends where we are with Yanaris, really, I think. Coming off the back of that game, I mean, let's just have a look around the table itself because it's looking quite joyous <laughs> at the yeah. moment now. We've got Bournemouth, which is funny because if you looked around on Twitter today, there's a couple of fans, quite a few fans who are actually kind of ribbing Bournemouth. Even a couple of Derby fans who probably are a little bit rude saying, you know, that tin pot side, you know, we don't want them to be going up into the Premier League. You know, what's that all about? You know, they'll just do nothing. And uh, Bournemouth took a little bit of a punch back saying, you know, come on, Brentford, all us tin pot teams, we've got to stick together. You know, how dare us beat these big sides and, you know, keep them off the top six in the league. So uh, there's a little bit of kind of beef going around between uh, the inverted commas tin pot teams and also the bigger teams. I know Bournemouth, I mean, I know they did Birmingham and that's probably what most of their goal difference comes, or a lot of their goal difference comes from, but um, they're not a team sitting on top with 30 points and four, and four you know, four goal difference. They've got a 17 goal difference, albeit eight of it from one game. So they're no mugs. Um, it's just, it's a brilliant league, isn't it? I mean, anyone can beat anyone. I, I, I'm not sure whether the stats completely back that up, but it looks to me like it's, um, you know, you pretty much... You could win two or three games and be in the playoffs. You could probably lose two or three games and start losing, looking over your shoulder. Um, I think at 1-0 down at half-time against Derby, I'm sure there was a few Brentford supporters started looking over their shoulders. Um, but now we're looking up the league. So, it's a yeah, I think it's a, it's a great league. I think you could win. I think any team can beat any team. It's a bit of a cliche, but um, I don't think, you know, maybe even Blackpool maybe are the team that you would say can't, but I think anyone else can. Yeah, I mean, it is. And looking at where we're in ninth place with the 25 points, again, our main problem is the fact that we've got a negative, I think it is goal difference at the moment now, um, or our goal difference isn't great um, due to, like I said, a couple of little tonkins that we took. But, you know, we've got the points in there. Um, and in fact, no, we're on 25 points and we're, we're a point behind the two teams above us, so we're sitting on our own. But, you know, if we were going to compete against another team, you know, it's, it's, we need to start scoring still a few more goals. Yes, they're starting to come, which is which is great. You know, but maybe again against a team like Forest, where you know, you, again we talked to the fans and we reckon they could have been four or five nil up at half time. Maybe it's yeah. games like this where we really needed to uh, to actually just rack them goals up, isn't it? I think um, I think there's I think I said this to you before the Forest game. There's a game coming where we're going to tonk somebody, absolutely tonk them. Um, it. Could have been the Forest game, but as you said, we you know we didn't take all of our chances in the first half. Um, I I think we are taking a higher percentage of our chances now. I think the other thing is when you play one up front, you need goals to come from all around the team. Um, I'm sure I said this before, but when you play one up front, you know you just everybody needs to contribute. You can't just rely on one guy scoring goals. Um, we've turned the corner, I think, and you know so much of football is about confidence. And there's a confidence running through the team now that I'm sure we're going to take to Millwall. Yeah, I'm talking about Millwall. We're going to be chatting to Sam Brown. She's from the Millwall radio show Lines. He's going to give us a little bit of a lowdown on the wall, on Millwall, 
and especially their game they played uh, Blackburn in the midweek, which they did pretty well because they came back from 2-0 down. So they're going to be pretty fired up. So here we are, we've got Sam Brown from Lions Live. She's uh, talking to us from her sickbed as well. She's been a bit ill the past uh, 24 hours, haven't you, Sam? I have, yeah. I want to be better for the game tomorrow. I will not be happy if I'm not feeling full of sunshine tomorrow. Well, let's say hopefully you can uh, chill out for the next few hours, get yourself some Lemsip and Night Nurse down here, and then you can get yourselves down to the new den tomorrow to see the yeah. bees play the Lions. So, um, but I, I had a little listen because I know on Lions Live you do a show there on a Thursday night, and I had a little listen, and you had a little chin wag with uh, one of your players, Carlos Edwards, last night. Yeah, fossil. He's known as the fossil. Obviously, he's one of the oldest players, and God, we have missed him. Right back has been. Big problem for us this season. He went down. He's done a really bad injury to his knee and all the crucial ligaments, and he won't be back this season. So, um, yeah, we love Carlos. He's a big character around the club, and um, he's sadly missed. But I think Ollie might, you know, keep him on the bench or keep him close by because he's just really nice. Pick spirits up. Yeah, he's um, he, he does seem like a little bit of a character when I was listening to our site. I actually saw him play because I know he's a, a Trinidad player and he yes. plays he plays with Trinidad. And I actually saw I was out there in um, Germany 2006 when uh, Trinidad played Sweden. So I saw him play twice. I saw him play against Sweden and also play against England in that game when uh, when, you know when we beat them um, down there for uh, like I said, he's a big big part of that uh, Soccer Boys team, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's a shame he's going to be missing the Caribbean Cup as well, which is coming in a couple of weeks. So I'm actually flying out to Jamaica for the Caribbean Cup next week, Caribbean Cup final, as you do in Montego Bay. So, uh, so hopefully, hopefully it'll be Jamaica versus somebody. Hopefully, Jamaica versus Trinidad will be the final there. That'll be quite a bit of a, a bit of a one. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, I mean, talking about games this week. I mean, we've been chatting a bit earlier about our game against uh, Nottingham Forest, which we were very happy with the result, but you also were probably pleased with the, the game that you had on Tuesday night against Blackburn Rovers, weren't you? I don't know if I'd say pleased. Um, I mean, the comeback was incredible. You know, 10 men, uh, they gave everything, and they 2 0 down, they got it back to 2 2. But it's just the consistency of the referee. I don't know if you know, Andy Wilkinson obviously was there. Um, Mark Bircham and Ollie's band's been over. You were, you were pleased with the result, but weren't massively pleased with the performance. I mean, the comeback was great, wasn't it? No, I mean, the first 60 minutes, we didn't have really a shot for target, and we're getting all the possession and everything, and you're just thinking we're lacking in that final third. And then, you know, Andy Wilkinson was sent off for an unfair challenge, and suddenly we're on the ropes, you're down, we're back to 2 2. And I know that's what we are capable of, and it's so frustrating. But Millwall are a better team than I think the league certainly shows and the results have reflected. I mean, I know Wilkins has got a red card. Um, a few other people got red cards in that game as well, didn't they? Oh. Yes. And do you know what the irony was? Ian Holloway said, another five players are going to react to the red card. I told them, we're going to get fine. Mark Bertram also did well, but it's just worse on Millwall on Tuesday. Earlier with Carlos, problem was right back. We thought Wilkinson was our sort of saviour. So basically, you got a bit of a predicament. I mean, I know Bertram got sent to the stands. He's got a bit of history 
with the Brentford fans, as we say to him, he had Birchett on his head. I don't know if you remember when he played for QPR with his blue yeah. hair. Oh, yeah. he, got, he used to get a lot of abuse for us. And I'm just wondering, does he still have Birchett on his head? <laughs> Well, he won't be there on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably got to the hairdressers to wash it out. But, you know, but, He's still got a nice bit of hair. He's still got a nice bit of hair, Mark. So, basically, you had to come back. So, Wilkinson's obviously out for Saturday, which is going to pose you a bit of a problem. Because you've had a bit of a, like I said, problem juggling around in your defence as well. Yeah. And you know, if you can't name and I don't believe that's... I mean, you got you know you can't name your back four, which is going to be like I say, it's going to be a bit of a problem in your season in general. Have you been happy with your, your start? Yeah, we started off great, and um, the club's a lot more positive. I think you're in a good place. Come the end. Oh, so okay, so I mean, you, you had was it four wins a season, so quite a lot of injuries. But coming into Saturday's match, I mean, we're talking about Saturday's match now, and. Uh, Will we actually be able to see the Millwall team? Because you're going to be wearing a camouflage kit, aren't you? Yes, all um, it's Headley Court to do with the representation for ex-military, and it's a really. Have you seen it yet? It's like a really pale, sandy, yellow. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll be able to see them, and I think the guard bonnet. It's going to be great for both teams. Okay, I mean, I think it's the day before Remembrance Day as well, so it's a big weekend, and uh, Millwall, you know, gone out on a limb to actually mark that day, which I think is very honourable, which is great. I think a lot of fans. Did you see the charity video? I haven't seen the charity video as yet. Where, because, where can we see that? Um, you can go to YouTube or it's on Millwall's website, and Ian Holloway actually does the voiceover, and it features a lot of the soldiers, ex-players like Billy Neal, Alan Dunn, Scott McDonald, and Lee Martin also feature in it. And I think the first day got something like twenty thousand hits, and oh, wow. everyone, all different fans, have been ringing saying, "Well done, Millwall," because I just think it's something different. Have a look at it. I've got to take a look on YouTube to watch a charity video, which I think is great, great cause and that. So, I mean, Saturday's game, like I said, Wilkinson out. Any other team news that we should know about from the wall? Um, I'd love to have a mystic ball and say this is a team we're going to play. I think, I think it'll be a similar team to Tuesday night. I think it'll be similar. But apart from Wilkinson, there's no other injury. Nicky Bailey's still out. He won't feature. I think it'll be a similar lineup to Tuesday. Will Danny? I think Danny Shitu will get a start. Big game, big presence, the big man. I think. But how pacey are your team? I hear you've got some real sort of pacey players. We have got a lot of pacey players, and this is the thing. We're a little bit worried that we might get kicked around the park because. Uh, um, yeah, not just because it's Millwall, I'm just saying that what we've noticed in this team, in this league in particular, is that we've noticed a lot of the defences and a lot of the, you know, the defences are sort of quite beaty, quite bulky. It's um, a very physical game, isn't it, the championship? It is, it is quite physical, with with skillful players, so when we played Cheltenham, we were up against their two centre-backs, Ben Haim and uh, BK, I think it was, actually, yeah. quite, that quite surprised us, we were like, cool, blimey, is, it, is, is this what we're up against? And we found that quite a lot this season. We've had a couple of teams which have probably been less so, and we played our ball around the park. So it'll be interesting to see what Mill will do um, tomorrow. I mean, obviously we know about Danny Shitter again when he used to play at QPR, um, and uh, I mean that's a few years ago. But you know we know about him. But we've got players like um, Hotter who will probably play tomorrow. Um, who's abs uh, We've got him from Celta Vigo. 
absolutely brilliant in the centre of the park. He does some proper, proper skills. Um, for you, you're pro very lucky that Jonathan Douglas is out because he's been playing yeah. He's been, yeah, he's been played out of his skin, yes. But then obviously we've had players coming in. Um, and we've had Tamani, who was almost not a Brentford player pretty much. So we're not sure whether or not they whether or not they knew a bit more of a sort of solid midfield player last couple of games. And then we've got Pritchard, who's our Tottenham Noni, who was at Swindon last season, who's a tricky little player. And uh, Alan Judge, who is Blackburn on loan. Scored the winning penalty for us against um, Preston to set us up. Yeah. Then we signed him. Yeah. And he's just a proper live way. He's just brilliant. So in the middle of the park, you know, we will play it hard and fast. And we've got Andre Gray, who scored a couple of goals now. And up front, he's just, he's a pe as we say, he's a pest. He's so fast. How's Tony Craig been for you? Uh, oh, Tony Craig, he's got two first games. Um, and Tony Craig's great. He's the, he's the captain. He's the, the centre rock at the back. Very well respected. Um, and I thought, from what I gather, was he very well respected? I mean, how did he go down at Millwall? I mean, I know that. He was a legend. And I absolutely loved him. I mean, you know, he did a 100%. He does not stop. He does not stop. And on battling, when the whistle goes, it's really well. What's going to happen? Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, that's, that's good to hear that Tony Craig was a big hero at Millwall, and I think they'll give him respect. But obviously, he's a Brentford player now. and. Uh, on three o'clock. That's right. We'll be doing well, the business first. What's going? It's just going to be great. It's just set for such a good occasion. That Tony knows how to look after himself. Great, great player. That's right. He is a very good player. So yeah, and he's like I said, he's a rock at the back. Him and probably Garley Dean had a little bit of a knockout on Wednesday against Forest, but hopefully be back on Saturday. If not, we've got James Tarkowski, who they're rotating. We've got three very good centre-backs who rotate between the two. Um, so, you know, it's not that much of a problem, but Craigie will definitely be playing on Saturday. So, uh, so yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good game. So, I mean, looking forward to this game. We've got our team which is set up. It's going to be pretty much set up like what we did on Wednesday, I'm sure. Um, and then you've got a couple of players who are out, but you know you you think you'd pretty much be like you were on Saturday, except for maybe Wilkinson. What about yeah. score? Defence is the system that who knows. Like I said, four weeks, but I think Martin, Williams are going to watch. I would love to start on Saturday. Okay, so. I mean, Saturday's game, Millwall versus Brentford. What is your head saying on this score prediction? My head is actually saying 3-1 to the Lions. Oh, wow. So basically you think that they could just turn it around and we're going to have a bit of a knockback after our win in the midweek. We've got a history of games that you think oh, they're not going to win. They just seem to step up their game and we can do it. Look at the derby result. One new way to derby. You know, it's crazy. So, London derby, coming to the den. I think from our side as well, I think we know that you're going to be up for it and I, and I think we know that we can't step back. There's, a, there's an article on the Besotted website if you check besotted.co.uk. One of our fans, regular contributor, he told us that we mustn't be complacent. Yes, we've beaten Forest, yes, we've beaten Derby, we played very well against these teams, but we must not be complacent like we can do in these situations. And we know that Norway are going to be absolutely up for it, raise your game, as they say, and that you could knock us for six if we're not careful. So I think we'll be on our guard for that one as well. London Derby as well, and I just think. 
all the omens are there, but let's just hope for lots of entertainment and for the right reasons. And no more silly decisions. That's right, no more silly decisions, yeah. So listen, let's hope for a great game tomorrow. Let's hope the best team wins. If uh, it's not Brentford, let's hope Brentford wins, Sam. And uh, <laughs> listen, I hope you feel better, get a kip tonight, and hopefully we'll see you down then in the Millwall region at some stage tomorrow. Definitely, Billy, and um, good luck. Yeah, good luck too. Cheeky, that's Sam Brown from London's Live. Last one, Sam. Talk to you later. Some interesting views from Sam from Millwall there. Looking forward to a good match on Saturday. Matt, Millwall on Saturday. Your thoughts? I prefer to answer this when I could see our back four. Um, I've I'm sure you were there, Billy. I, but we've been, I've been to Millwall before when we've had a bit of a makeshift back four. Um, I think we had two wingers, a right-back playing at centre-back and a utility player playing at centre-back, and we got tonked 6-1 many years ago. So let's, I'd like to see the back four first, but let's assume that it's a back four that is not got too many players playing out of position. Let's hope the injuries, at least two or one or two of them, come through um, and play on Saturday. Um, and I'm sure we can go there and get a result. I'm, at, I'm, I'm convinced. I, I think Gray now... Confidence is there. If Gray doesn't score, he's going to cause them trouble and someone else is going to sneak in and get goals. Um, losing Douglas, we can fit Dave in there. I wouldn't be surprised if the midfield was Dave, Judge and Terrell. I'm going to go for a 2-1. Holloway, you know, Ian Holloway, predict unpredictable, I suppose. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can get 2-1. I'm trying to sort of look at Millwall's score and see whether they got any run of results together and... I think they might have strung three draws together at one point, but they seem to, you know, they're up, down, up and down. Yeah, um, they've four wins, they're up and down, got, you know, a fair few draws. And, you know, to me, I mean, I haven't seen them play, but they seem to be a side who kind of probably can grind out a result. They'll probably kick us around the park. You've got your players like your Danny Shittus and people like that, even though um, probably quite good for us. We've got Wilkinson, who they've got on loan from Stoke, and he's been banned for this game, banned for three matches actually, after the punch-up, the big punch-up on the pitch in the, in the Blackburn game, where uh, all sorts of people got sour. Holloway got sent off. Um, Mark Bircham, the man with the Birchett on his head as well, as mm. you probably remember from the QPR game. Yeah. Um, why the hell would he have blue hair just like that? It was terrible, and uh, I don't think he'll ever live that down. He'll be 60 walking down the high street, and people will be going, oh, he's got Birchett on his head but um, yeah he's got banned so they've got a bit of a fallout from that which is nice to know um, again hopefully we'll be able to take advantage from what I can gather Millwall's had you know fair problems with injuries as well this season I think so uh, I don't know if they know their side what their, their what their side is you know they're, they're chopping and changing a little bit so um, fingers crossed we could you know exploit that anyway yeah I mean the, the pressure's off isn't it you know for these for these three games I what, I was going to take four points from these three games, starting with Derby, Forest, Millwall. I thought, let's get a draw against. Let's get four points. Four points, and that was the minimum, I thought. Five points, I'd have been happy with. We've got six already. I just think we can go there, and we can just try and play our normal way. We're confident. Um, I, I think we'll get a result. That's always been the game I've, I think I thought we were going to get a result in, and we've, we've beaten the, the team at the top of the league. We've beaten Forest, albeit... They're in, you know, they're not a great side at the moment, but I think we can go to Millwall. I'm sure. I, I, I'm going to say two-one because I think I don't think they're going to be easy to beat. Um, but let's just let's just keep the ball moving. Keep the ball moving. Let them run around. 
I mean, interesting piece by Jim Levesque this evening on Besotted. If you check it on besotted.co.uk, he's done a piece saying, you know, fantastic result against Forest, but we need to keep in check, especially when playing Millwall. You know, the confidence is is high, you know, which is with us. But, you know, we've, we've hit certain teams at the right time. Timing has been key, you know, playing, you know, certain teams, Derby playing Forest at a particular time. Um, and we need to keep in check the fact that, you know, people like Button has made a few saves, which has kept us in the game as well. And we just need to make sure that we don't get too complacent as a team, which I'm sure Mike Warburton is such a don. He's not going to let the players get complacent. But we mustn't get complacent as fans and as a team to make sure that we walk into people like Millwall who are going to be absolutely fired up for us now and they're just going to be just gunning for us. And we need to make sure we go down to the den and we're totally, totally prepared for this lot who are just going to just probably kick us around and, you know, rough us up a little bit and make sure that we can't do the things that we're going to do. Yeah, and maybe if you do put it like that, I worry a little bit about not having... Because Douglas is banned, yeah? So I, I worry a little bit about that. But um, I, I just think we sh you know, I, we just need to play our game. There was a point in the Forest game in the last 10 minutes where it was uh, Hiotta and... Um, it must have been Bidwell because it was on the left-hand side. It was on our left-hand side. And they were just knocking the ball around for fun. Um, let's do some of that. Yeah, that'll be fun. So I know you're going for 2-1 to the Bees against the Millwall. And uh, we've come time for us to, uh, to wrap things up a little bit. I've got to give my score prediction. Personally, I think it's going to be 2-0 to Brentford. I think we actually might keep a clean sheet. We've got the confidence now. And we are scoring the goals. And we're running at players. You know, we've got that whole confidence thing going, and I think that we're actually going to get a goal each half. It's going to be two nil, and it's going to be a, a, a decent game and a exciting game. And I think we're going to see ourselves up the table. So yeah, this is all good. So listen, this has been the Besotted Podcast. It's been a great week, an A52 week. Derby dispatched, Nottingham Forest dispatched, Brentford fans dispatched down to south-east London on Saturday to hopefully dispatch a third team and then we can go away for the international break and chill out for a couple of weeks. So uh, I'm Billy, Billy the B Grant, here chatting to you today. I'm here with Matt Allard, here with Dave Lane, and we're here with Sam from Millwall. Don't forget to vote for the Brentford Man of the Match, Pride of West London. Check it out on the Besotted website and check out our podcast after the game on Saturday. And last thing I've got to say, what I always say, is come on you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.